Hello, hello. Hello. And welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Tammany Hall, but for ghosts. Oh my God, the sound is very crisp. It It's very exciting. If you follow us on the old... Um, on the old uh, Instagrams, Instagrams, you'll heard that um, the reason we didn't record, we didn't, we didn't release yesterday, was because um, we went to record last week, and it was the final, the final <laughs> day of our of our, uh, our our good old old fashioned uh, box. Our, yeah. our, our sound box died as we were trying to record. We sang taps for it. It was it was, it a was whole really thing. sad day, and um, so we had to buy a new one. Yep. And we turned to our amazing, phenomenal, wonderful um, patrons. We love you all. Who, over the last few months, have you know donated money to the cause, and we were able to buy a new uh, a new soundbox. And so, um, my favorite part of that soundbox is that Christina can now look at this little knob, and when she gets really high, <laughs> it turns yellow. When she gets oh, no ridiculously high it will turn red should we test it out should we test it out no we should not test it out (laughs) i know that it works so we don't need to test it out so every now and then when you see me doing this you'll be like oh let me oh look i'm turning red on the little (laughs) on the little little light oh no i don't like this i'm turning it yellow a lot guys and i'm not even doing anything crazy right now i'm just existing (laughs) it is very yellow much too yellow so yeah, we we want to really truly thank our patrons who uh, who come through, you know, who every month give us a little bit of money, and because of the money they've donated, um, we were able to buy this, you know, little little sound fancy back. new scarlet colored. And you know, we we have a lot of stuff we need to buy still. We've been talking about this for about a year that I need to really update all this equipment that I had, and this is the first step. Um, so we really want to thank Jordan, um, and Sam, and uh, Christina. And Carla and Christian and Amory and Kate. Um, we want to thank all of our patrons who really came through. We also want to thank our, our good friends of the show, good friend in life, and um, one, of our, one of our favorite human beings, Christian Branch, who <laughs> who took us up on our offer of our uh, holiday sale <laughs> and joined the top premium uh, patron exclusive uh, level, which gets a whole bunch of things, including a sandwich a of the sandwich. month, which he's going to be getting today. Oh, man. He'll get the first sandwich of the month. Can we record his reaction to the sandwich? We'll, we'll just do an Instagram. Okay, that works. That makes sense. Um, and so uh, we'll drop that Instagram on uh, probably in the next couple of days, so you'll see that. And yeah, we're excited. So thank you, Christian, for upgrading. If you are a patron who wants to upgrade, by all means. And if you're listening to the show now... Um, know that the patron money works and it has a really big effect on the show um the sound quality of a podcast is the most in, in important thing <laughs> as is the ability to actually record which was the ultimate problem the other day yeah and so we we do want to get some new microphones because these microphones are a bit old as well we want to uh update uh some other pieces i need a new headset i've been wearing this headset <laughs> that's held on together by duct tape and cords that don't belong uh, for some time now. And so if you want to join the Patreon, it's so easy. Head on over to patreon.com slash Machine, and you can join it for as little as $3 a month um, and, and join that community. And for as little as $5 a month, you get a Patreon episode every month as well as some other cool stuff. And we just build from there, the stuff on every level. So thank you to our patrons. And um, sorry about the day delay, but we're so happy to be here with you now for this for this episode. Speaking of episodes... What are we doing today, Adam? Well, today um, we are hanging out uh, in a few places. We're not just in New York today. Oh. But um, a chunk of our action will happen in New York. 
And um, we're talking about the Lonely Heart Killers. I know nothing about them. I didn't know anything about the Lonely Heart Killers either until I uh, until I looked them up. The Lonely Heart Killers. That's interesting because Lonely Heart, for whatever reason in my brain, I thought it was going to be like the Lonely Heart murders, in which case the victims are the Lonely Hearts. But it's the killers who are... Oh, well, you're not wrong. Okay. You're not wrong. Interesting. Okay. Just... And you'll see how that all connects in just a little bit of time. So... um. This couple, these it was a couple, oh. was a very toxic couple. Clearly. <laughs> and they were responsible for some of the most heinous shit. I mean, so I think it's best to talk about them individually before okay. we kind of get into them as this destructive couple. Our first character in this, <laughs> Raymond Martinez Fernandez. He's born December 17th, 1914 in Hawaii. And no, we're not in New York. I, I, we'll, we'll get there. <laughs> Who am I, Christina? I was just going to say this is a usually a mean thing. <laughs> Who am I, Christina? Um, his parents were Spanish immigrants who later moved their entire family up to Fairfield, Connecticut. Raymond's father was an abusive handyman. He treated him like garbage and also refused to send Raymond to school. Oh, wow. Um, there was never any explanation as to why he did this, but instead uh, Raymond's father would make him do harsh labor, um, kind of like do all the tasks that he didn't want to do wow. and um, was abusive throughout all of it. Um, when Raymond was 16, uh, he and two other boys he and two other boys stole two chickens. Two chickens. Two chickens. The other boy's family paid for bail for their respective kids, but Fernandez's father refused, and he was in prison for two months. What? Isn't that, isn't that rough? Wow. It's like, I'm not going to pay your bail. Just not going to do it. So not going to do it. Not interested. Yowza. So already we're starting off on- Really bad footing. really <laughs> bad footing. You know, it's again, we always say, hurt people hurt people. Yeah. Like, that's kind of the thing. It's- so rare when we talk about a killer or someone on this show who had a great life. <laughs> That's a good point. I can't think of any actually. They're like, this is a great life, healthy Everything's childhood, perfect. They're they just had like the they killing had part, just enough money. They you know, but no, it's never that way. After the family moved um, to southern Spain, uh, where his father became mayor of the town of Orgiva, oh. which is a uh, small town in the Granada province. Uh, at age twenty, Raymond moved to Gibraltar where he worked as an ice cream vendor and gathered intelligence for the British during World War II. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow, what a what a combination of things. An ice cream man in Gibraltar gathering <laughs> espionage evidence. That's crazy. I know. Um, at one point, he married a Spanish woman named Encarnacion and had four children with her. Fernandez decided that he no longer wanted to be in Spain. However, he also didn't want his family to accompany him either. So in December of 1945, he would abandon his family and board a ship for the United States of America. Okay. I know, this guy. He's like, um, I'm done. I, I'm done. I think uh, I'm over it. I'm good. I'm going to head. I'm going to head You can out. take care of the kids, right? While sailing near uh, Curacao, a steel hatch fell on him, oh. causing multiple skull fractures. Oh. The damage frontal lobe caused him to be hospitalized for three months. I'm hearing traumatic brain injury. I'm oh, hearing... yeah, we're getting... There's a whole load. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a whole load. The damage to the, the frontal lobe caused him to be hospitalized for three months. He would be discharged from the hospital in 1946, but be forever changed. The accident was said to have changed his personality yeah. dramatically. It became uh, increasingly impulsive, erratic, and addicted to sex. Hmm. He would eventually end up in Mobile, Alabama, where he slipped into a life of crime. 
He was eventually arrested in Mobile and charged with robbery for trying to pass stolen clothing through customs. Hmm. Fernandez pled guilty to the charge, but claimed that he could not resist his actions and that he didn't know why he did them. He was sentenced to one year and imprisoned in Tallahassee, Florida, uh, where his Haitian cellmate reportedly taught him voodoo, converting him into a believer of the practice as well as hypnotism and black magic. This guy really is just full of... Yeah. Surprises. I just, I don't know where he's going to go next. This is incredible. It's like we're... Even if you never killed anyone, I'd be like, yes, I'm invested in your story, sir. It's like, tell me more of your story. <laughs> a nice green man in Gibraltar who became a voodoo practitioner. You know, as one as does. As one does. In fact, according to a Time article, he believed that the black magic he began to practice made him irresistible to women. Huh. In December 1946, he would be released from prison and moved in with relatives in New York City. It was there where he joined a local Lonely Hearts Club called Mother Dynanese Friendly Club. Huh. Now, what is a Lonely Hearts Club, you ask? We'll get there in a bit. Okay. On to our second player. Because again, yeah, right. it's a couple. It's a couple. The colors. Martha Julie Beck was born on May 6th. 1920 in Seabrook in Milton, Florida. Hmm. She's the youngest child of William Seabrook, who abandoned his family when she was 10. So a lot of abandoning. A lot of abandoning happening. Happening here. As a child, she was diagnosed with a glandular problem. This caused her to be overweight and undergo puberty prematurely. Hmm. To top that off, she was constantly bullied by the other children. Hmm. Because of her premature puberty, she developed sexually and became interested in boys when she was only nine years old. Beck later claimed that she was sexually assaulted at a young age by her brother and that her mother blamed her and became incredibly abusive because of that. Still a teenager, she would run away from home, but returned soon after. In 1942, she graduated from nursing school in Pensacola, but had trouble finding work due to her appearance, which is rough and tough. Um, It's really heartbreaking that, you know, I mean, again... Uh, hurt people hurt people yeah. um, growing up this grand this glandular problem um, not being you know and it's so weird as I kept researching so many of the articles like really described her so like the languages is really bad yeah. like the way they just the way they described her was just not dehumanizing I yeah imagine. it was just not kind and I'm yeah. like I just don't you're reporting on this you don't need to be so graphic about like people's looks it just was very yeah. disheartening and it makes you believe if, if people are reporting on this, you know, years later using that language, what was the language people were right. using at the time? At the Gosh, time, yeah. right? She would eventually find work outside of nursing. Again, also heartbreaking. You go to nursing school, mm. you become a nurse, and you can't be a nurse. Mm-hmm. Uh, the work she found was at a local funeral home. She would wash and prepare bodies for burial. Uh, finding this incredibly depressing, she decided to pack up and move west. She went to California where she was hired in a hospital. Meanwhile, she was engaging in casual sex with men that she met at bus stops. Mm. When she became pregnant, she asked the father to marry her, but he refused and committed suicide instead. Oh, my God. I know. Just layering it on. Beg would eventually suffer a nervous breakdown and collapse. After this episode, she returned to Pensacola, where she claimed that she had married a serviceman who was killed in action in the Pacific. Beck was hired in the same Pensacola hospital where she gave birth to her first child, but she was fired for scandalous behavior on May 31st, 1944. Scandalous behavior? Yeah, I mean, I think it's attributed to the the over-sexual, the, yeah. the hypersexual drive. Yeah. Um, again, she was 
having sex with many men at this time. Uh, when she was out west, she was having sex with people with men she met at bus, bus stops. Yeah. Um, so something potentially inappropriate at the hospital itself, perhaps, or yeah, it's not really it's not specified. It's not specified okay. what the actual cause of that was, but yeah, um, they just refer to it in a couple of sources as scandalous behavior. Okay. On December thirteenth, she married a bus driver named Alfred Beck, but she filed for divorce only six months while being pregnant with a second child. On February fifteenth, nineteen forty-six, she began working at a residence for disabled children and was promoted to director in the fall. Despite this professional success, she had also become an alcoholic and compulsive mm. consumer of romantic novels and films. So, as she, due to uh, to this like imbalance, she's she's digesting all this information. She's also starting to like really imagine life uh, in, in the framing of these romantic novels right. and these films. Um, thinking that everything's very cinematic and that, right. you know, things will work out, but only work out in these big grant and gesture right. ways after these moments happen. So it's a really like scary, slippery slope for this girl. Yeah. Wow. Um, and again, you know, she has two children right now. Um, she's already, you know, there was abuse as a young age. She's yeah. went back and forth. She has issues with her appearance. I mean, it's a very huge recipe for yeah. for a lot of uh, the issues that would happen later in her life. In November, an acquaintance played a prank on her by writing to the New York Lonely Hearts Club in her name. And who would answer this letter? Raymond Fernandez. Oh, wow. And this is how these two connect. Okay. Christina, what's a Lonely Hearts Club? What do you think it is? I... It's funny. I I always thought it was more metaphorical than anything else. I didn't think there but were I'm really clubs. The Lonely Hearts Club. Right? Yeah, like this sort of like you know, love isn't working out for me. I'm single. I'm looking for love. You know, to sort of. I, I didn't know that there were actual clubs, but it sounds like there's an actual club. Yeah. So does it have something to? You said there was a letter involved. So like, is it basically like like pen pals for people who are lonely yeah i mean more or less so these are clubs for people who are trying to find a lover or a friend okay folks would write to the club and members would answer if all went well they would continue writing back and forth until they would eventually meet ideally they meet and you know they fall in love and right. life and life is great fernandez had joined the club and was using it for awful deeds though oh no <laughs> he was using it for 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 malfeasance Oh, malfeasance? That's malfeasance. what I'm looking for? Yeah. Uh, he's looking for malfeasance. In 1947, while living with his sister in Brooklyn, he wore a toupee to cover the scar that was on his head from that accident uh -huh. and from, you know, from the surgery. He would also use the name Charles Martin uh, instead of his his, norm, his regular name. Um, and he would write to women from various Lonely Hearts clubs. Oh. Raymond would first gain the trust of unsuspecting targets. And when he felt they were willing, he would ask them for a lock of their hair. Hmm. Now, one would say, why does he want a lock of their hair? Could be a trophy. Does he start murdering them after that? Nope. Remember what happened when he was in prison? Is he using it for a magical yep. ritual? Interesting. So he would use this for his love ritual. And then after he would do this ritual, he believed that the women would now do whatever he asked them to do. Okay. And unfortunately, many of them did. I don't think Interesting. Had, I don't think it had anything to do with magic. Um, we are a paranormal show, so maybe. Um, I just think it was a big combination of people who are lonely and lots of deception. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, Raymond conned them into giving money, jewelry, assets. Oh, no. If he met the women, he would give them a false name. And once he got them to empty their bank accounts and sign over their assets, he would just disappear. Wow. And he was doing this for quite some time. It's just sort of like, did you watch the... Um... There's that Netflix documentary on the the Tinder. The, what do they call him? The Tinder swindler. Oh yeah, yeah. It's got it's got it's got that vibes, but in the 1940s. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't think it's very much unlike that. Yeah. I think it's very much in that time where it's like he would just basically be pretending to be someone else, and then uh, he would just swindle people out of their all their monies. Wow. Pretty wow. pretty shitty. Yeah. In 1947, Fernandez met a woman named Lucilla Thompson. Lucilla is a divorced cook who ran a New York City boarding house with her mother. After becoming her tenant, the two started a relationship and left for a vacation in Spain in October. They visited Madrid, Granada, Malaga, and La Línea de la Concepción on the Gibraltar border, where Fernandez made the odd choice. And that choice was to introduce this woman to his wife and children. What? What? How? 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 Why? Why? I don't know. Just knock on the door and be like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Hey, this is uh, my new girlfriend. He he abandoned them like years ago. He's like, oh, hey, by the way. Since we're in town. Since I'm in town, you should meet my wife and kids. Here's my wife and kids. Yeah, um, I don't really know. How- I was gonna make the joke. I was like, did he like swing by the house and like, you know, meet the to introduce new family to old family? I I and I was gonna did. make the joke. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what he did. Oh my gosh, this. Oh my gosh. I know. On November seventh, Thompson argued with Fernandez and threatened to return to the United States alone. She was pretty pissed about this whole family. Yeah, thing. I think <laughs> she was like, um, okay. This was a great trip. This trip was like the best trip ever. Um, a few issues. <laughs> Issue number one. You have a wife <laughs> and you have some kids and they seem to be confused because you, what's the word? Hold on. They, they said, oh, abandoned them. <laughs> you, 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 you abandoned them. You straight up abandoned them. So that, that was something that you did. Yep. So, gosh. The fuck? (laughs) So they get into this massive argument. And uh, she threatens him to return to the United States alone. And this would not be good for his plan. Because, you know, his plan is money, 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 money. Right. The following day, the maid found Jane Thompson dead in her hotel room. (gasps) The local coroner determined her death was caused by a heart attack. She was buried without an autopsy. Mm -hmm. Uh... They assumed it may have been perhaps triggered by gastroenteritis. Okay. Um, but Hell of an assumption, though. Yeah. Someone's dead in your hotel room. You're like, eh, probably a heart attack. Yeah, a couple Wasn't s- there a guy with her? Yeah, but like, probably just went out for a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> like a couple of sources were like, yeah, um, this was, it, there was an autopsy. It was this. A couple of sources said there was no autopsy. Okay. I always like to defer to the, to the, the one, more uh, crazy. The one crazy. Like, <laughs> they didn't realize. You know, there's something about that that feels very believable to me, though. That like It wouldn't have felt believable to me a year and a half ago. Right. And then I and said, now- hey, Christina, let's do a show. <laughs> and every time we do an episode, I'm like, well, that is something that I did not think would happen. And here we are. <laughs> Um, 
Well, Fernandez doesn't miss a beat. Of course he doesn't. He returns to the United States and shows Thompson's mother a forged will that named him as Thompson's only heir. Good Lord. Allowing him claim over all of her belongings, all of her money, the only beneficiary to her will. Good Lord. Which is super strange that like this person who they've known for, for only a, a monthish. Okay, I was going to say a few weeks really. Um, would name that would name him for for the will, and that the mother didn't really like take that to court. I was gonna say she didn't just like, she didn't right. challenge that. She just sort of was like, well, what no. The girl will do? In- instead, they kind of they move in together in in Thompson's home, which she you know which she shared with her mother, the boarding house, and that was kind of that. So then, eventually, back to Beck, she sends this letter goes to right. to Fernandez. Uh, Fernandez reads a letter and writes one back, telling her that he actually attends to visit shortly before Christmas. And the two begin to write back and forth a bit. He told her he was a successful businessman. After two days together, full of sex and rumor has it orgies, Mm. Fernandez realized that Beck was actually poorer than the letter claimed and returned to New York. Mm. Martha was in love and really wanted him to stay in Florida, wanted him to marry her. Um, So he didn't, say no mm-hmm. he just was like i have to actually go back to new york on business that's very pressing okay and then days later he would send her a letter rejecting the marriage proposal but oh. that didn't stop martha just as raymond was very determined in what his what he wanted so was martha beck would write several romantic letters to fernandez to which he replied that she had misinterpreted him and that they should not meet again in response, Beck wrote Fernandez that she was going to kill herself with an oven. Oh. I'm pretty sure, like, I guess she means, like, put her head in an oven? Yeah, or, like, turn the gas on type thing. But she was going to kill herself with the oven. <laughs> Which, you know, not great. No. The letter has the desired effect. Fernandez invites Beck to New York. Okay. On January 18th, 1948, Beck surprised Fernandez by ringing the boarding house door with her two children in tow. <laughs> I kind of love the idea of all these families getting like showing up on doorsteps. <laughs> it's like, come on. No, come with. Just come with. <laughs> It'll be fun. Where are we going, mother? We're going to New York. We're going to meet this guy. Does he love you? He will soon. If not, I'm going to keep trying to kill myself. So Fernandez sees her, sees a kid, still like doesn't want to be with her because, you know, Shapoa. Yeah. So he's like, all right, what do I do? Oh, I got it. You can't have kids here. Like you can't children mm. in the house. It's just a solid rule. So Beck was like, well, all right, I guess I'll just get rid of them. And so she does. What? <laughs> so <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> some reports say that Beck sends the kids to be with her mother, but many others state that Martha instead dropped her two kids off at the Salvation Army, and left them for good. What? Yeah. More reports than others say that she she drops them off at the Salvation Army. And, like, writes home saying, hey, my kids are at the Salvation Army. You should come pick them up or, or send for them. This is fascinating. This is fascinating because I feel like this is a woman who has these two kids and, like, at various points... She she could have given them up for adoption, but, she, but I mean, I think she like wanted her kids, but she like wanted this more. I don't I'm know. Fas- I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated. Yeah, it's 
It's pretty it's wild. Yeah, it's pretty bad. She returns with, you know, no kids. <laughs> kids are gone, no more problems. She gets to the house and throws Thompson's mother out. Like the woman whose daughter dies while in Spain in mysterious ways, who then has to like live with this person because he now owns all the things. Oh my gosh. She walks in and she's like, you gotta go. You gotta leave. This poor woman. This poor, poor woman. Like, her daughter is maybe murdered. Right. Probably murdered. Um, And now she has, like, no place to live. And she's kicked out of not over her home, but her business. That's insane. insane. This vile human being. In a last attempt to make her leave... Fernandez does the unthinkable. Mm -hmm. He confesses that he's a con artist Hmm. and that his life was based on ripping off women from Lonely Hearts clubs. And a shocking turn of events, Beck says, that's cool. I'm going to stay and we should work together. This is crazy. Uh, Yeah, it's only going to get more crazy. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And after the break, we'll talk about this new team of Fernandez and Beck and the catastrophic destruction that will occur through their, their manipulation, their actions, and their dastardly deeds. We'll be right back after this break. The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. If you ever look at our logo, you may notice a cute, furry, black-and-white creature hanging out the window. That's Ted. When he's not hanging out inside the New York Mystery Machine, Ted is enjoying treats from BarkBox. BarkBox is the dog-obsessed company that's devoted to one goal, making dogs happy. It's a monthly subscription, totally customized box of themed toys and treats for your furry friends. BarkBox provides the best products, services, and content for pups and their people. Every box brings your dog more than $40 worth of toys and treats. Your first box ships immediately. Plus, BarkBox offers a 100% happy guarantee. If your pup isn't happy with their BarkBox, they'll work to make it right. So are you ready to spoil your pup with a BarkBox of their very own? If so, head over to www.barkbox.com slash nymysterymachine. If you use our exclusive link, you'll get a free extra month of BarkBox valued at $35 when you sign up for multi-length plans. Okay, okay, Tedward. I'll say it again for them. Head to www.barkbox.com slash nymysterymachine and get your pup some treats today. All right, we are back. Fernandez confesses to Beck, says, I'm a con man. And Beck's like, 
cool. I'll play along. She's still in love with him. Right. Like that, that that hasn't changed. Is she aware that she was part like she was yeah. the target? He confessed okay. to it. And okay. that he said basically, I thought you were poor. I thought you weren't poor. Right. But it turns out you are poor and so I don't want to be with you. And right. she was like, Wait a minute. We can make more money with a flop than with a hit. Uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, and she's basically like, No, let's let's just work together and we can make this work. I this is this is insane. I almost don't think it's about the money for her. I think it's about being in this companion, this this toxic relationship yeah. with Fernandez. Yeah, for sure. Um he wants she wants to be with him so bad that she doesn't really care the the circumstances that I appreciate the tenacity with which she is holding on. Is that here. is that what you you appreciate it? Is that, is that where that's the word we're using? Uh, <laughs> I appreciate her tenacity. Um, you know, it's just it's remarkable the degree to which she won't take no for an answer. The kicking out of the mother, the abandoning of the children, the just being like, well, that's fine. I'll still stick around. Like, how do you even get? You have to cooperate with her. How do you ever get rid of her? You can't. She just keeps saying, well, this, that's fine. There's one way, but we never get to that. Oh, okay. <laughs> He doesn't kill her. <laughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. They kill he everyone just else. plays along. Oh so gosh. on February 28th of that year, Fernandez drives to Fairfax, Virginia, where he married a retired school teacher named Esther Hen. Uh, he brings Esther back to New York. Beck refuses to leave Fernandez alone and accompanies him for the trip, forcing him to reduce, introduce her as his sister. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, you brought your sister. That's a choice. That's great. <laughs> Henny says... Henny subsequently gets into several arguments with Fernandez, uh, who wants to write, who wanted her to write insurance policies and a retirement pension under his name. Mm. You know, like in under a month of knowing. Right, right, know, right. Pushing really hard. I mean, they did get married. Yeah, I mean that's that's real. So he, she moves in. Yeah, and then tenants are talking, uh-huh. and she hears about Thompson's death. And she hears about the mom getting kicked out. And she hears about all of these things. And Beck showing up. <laughs> and so, and they're like, oh, and that is not his sister. Like, that's definitely not his sister. So she does the smart thing. She leaves the city, began proceedings to recover her car and $300 that Fernandez had taken from her and gets the F out. Out of girl. And she is safe. All right. Other people will not be as fortunate as Uh-oh. she was. Fernandez and Beck don't miss a beat. They then would travel to Green Forest, Arkansas, where they met yet another member of the club named Myrtle Young. Fernandez and Young married in Cook County, Illinois on August 14th, and the trio traveled to a modest rooming house in Chicago for their honeymoon. After three, Here's my sister. Let's go on the honeymoon And with here's her. my sister. Yes. <laughs> yes. And here's my sister. After three days, an argument erupted because of Fernandez's unwillingness to consummate the marriage. Hmm. This is due to the fact that Martha is immensely jealous. She is in love with this man and doesn't want him fucking anybody. So the two can't consummate their marriage because she won't let it happen. Uh, hey, uh, your sister's really intense. Um... She's so she has like, could you turn it down a little bit? Why can't we have sex? We're <laughs> married. Why is your sister saying? Why does your sister have a say in this? So Young threatens to leave if Fernandez doesn't kick Martha out. Uh-huh. So one night, Raymond feeds Myrtle a jar of sleeping pills to quiet her down. A, a jar? jar. Yep. Okay. Oh, you heard the correct words. <laughs> oh, God. Martha and Raymond then robbed her of her money, which was about $4,000. They then placed the half-conscious Myrtle on a bus to Little Rock, Arkansas, and leave. When the bus arrives in Little Rock, 
Myrtle, who had now been unconscious for over a day, was taken to a hospital where she died. The coroner attributed her death to a cerebral hemorrhage and liver inflammation. Also fascinating that the bus driver is like, yeah, 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 you can just, yeah, just put her in the back. It's fine. She can. It's like she's like a little sleepy. Like, oh, she's a little sleepy. Oh, my God. What's also Should fascinating is like Beck was like, yeah, I'm going to help you out with this. And then is like really making it difficult to swindle anyone. She's making it very difficult for the plan to go without, uh, you know, like it's just, I, it's crazy. Okay, I'm fine. Go on. No, no, I, I agree with you. <laughs> it's quite, it's, it, Let it me is help quite you, difficult. Let me help you be a, a real stumbling block at every single turn. Yeah, at every single turn, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna cause some some shit to, to to go down to make this not the easiest process of your life. So around Christmas 1948, Fernandez writes to a widow from Albany, New York, named Janet Fay. He would claim that his name was Charles Martin, and that he shared her same religious beliefs. Fay was quite a pious woman, very uh, Sunday church going. Mm-hmm. Lord fearing mm-hmm. all that jazz. On December thirty first, nineteen forty eight, after several letters back and forth, Fernandez appears at Janet's door. He would introduce Martha as his sister, and ask Janet to let her stay in her apartment. He claimed that they had lost their wallets on the trip. Mm. Yeah, they both <laughs> lost their wallets on the trip. It's the weirdest thing. The next day, Faye accepted Fernandez's marriage proposal and withdrew two thousand five hundred dollars from her account. The three of them left for an apartment on Long Island, and Faye was convinced to draw $3,500 more. Now, Faye was very religious, and because of this, believed that she and Fernandez couldn't sleep in the same bed until they were married. And Martha loved this. So, yes and no. She would then sleep in Martha's room with her. So at one point, during the evening, the first evening that they're, they're in the same room, Faye and Beck spoke about the feature. And Beck apparently told her that she would live with them indefinitely. Mm-hmm. And Faye wasn't having any of that. She's right. like, you, what, you, no, you. Kind of, why are you doing this? You can't live here. We're going to be married. That's not how marriage works. Faye would storm out of the room and go speak to Fernandez about this. Beck claimed that she saw Janet with Raymond and blacked out in a fit of rage and jealousy, during which she grabbed a hammer and struck Janet Faye on her head repeatedly. The next thing she remembered, Raymond was grabbing her by her shoulders, asking what she had done. Yeah, I was... Like, brutal, wow. brutal bloody murder. And this is probably her first, like, actual, like, physical murder. Um, right, she didn't feed the jar of pills to the other no. one. She just helped with the, you know, removal. Um, wow. So okay. now there's a dead woman on their hands on their apartment on Long Island. Yeah. So the couple then goes out and buys a large chest to put the body in. They put the body in the chest, they close it, they lock it, they bury it in cement inside the basement of the rented house in Queens. (laughs) With this gruesome murder on their hands, you would think that they would at least take a breather, Mm -hmm. right? They just murdered somebody. Let's let's calm down, everyone. Let's figure (laughs) it out. No. The same day of the murder, Fernandez receives a letter from Delphine Downing, a young widow in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who had a two-year-old daughter named Raynell. By the end of the month, the two, Martha and uh-huh. and uh, Raymond, arrive in Grand Rapids, Michigan to meet Downing and her daughter. Delphine was happy to welcome Charles Martin and his sister for a visit. I just... is insane. I... It's just... 
every time you do the shows, I'm like, it, it can't get crazier. No, it can. And then it gets Here crazier it every time. Within a few, within a few days, the two were staying at Downing's home, and at first, their plan appeared to be working out. But one morning, Delphine walked in on Raymond and discovered him without his toupee. Oh, <laughs> so, I'm sorry. You are a toupee. What's going on there? It's not the only thing he's been lying about. <laughs> Angry about the deception, Delphine begins to question Raymond, mm. ask him more questions about the life because she doesn't believe she actually knows him as well as she thinks she does. Yeah. No, 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 doesn't. Delphine begins accusing Raymond of lying about other things and possibly attempting to defraud her. He was. That's exactly what he's doing. You're onto it. Martha was able to calm Delphine down and gave her several sleeping pills. These people and their sleeping pills. I cannot. As Delphine fell unconscious, Raynell began loudly crying at the oh, sight. No. This caused Martha to lose her temper. Oh no. She grabbed Raynell and choked her unconscious. <gasps> the girl was still alive, but the choking left marks and bruises, causing Raymond to worry about what would happen when Delphine awoke to find her daughter's neck bruised. Mm. You know. Fair. Yeah. I mean, like. They weren't planning on killing anyone. Like, that was the goal. Like, we're going to calm her down, give her some sleeping pills, then reassess this. They haven't gotten what they wanted yet, right? They're not, right. you know, they're, they don't have, they need the monies. So. Wild that the, the, the first thought is not to, like, hug the child and be like, oh, no, your mom just doesn't feel well. We're going to get her some. Well, apparently they tried to, and the kid just did not take. They The kid just hated, Raynell hated both of them. I mean. She wouldn't get quiet with either of them. Still. Well. They they knew that once that mother woke up and saw bruises on this girl's neck, it was over. It was over. So they rolled a sheet around um, Downing's head, and Fernandez shot her with her ex husband's revolver. Oh my god! Okay. Downing was then buried in cement inside the house's basement. Classic. <laughs> the next day, where are they getting all the cement? Go on. They just go into the hardware shop and get some cement. The next day, they went around the home. Gathering whatever they could, gathering whatever they could sell, cashing whatever checks they could, and cleaning up their mess. All the while, Raynell cried for her mother. Whenever a neighbor asked for the missing Delphine, Raymond told them she left to visit a sick relative and would return shortly. Over the next two days, they considered different solutions on what to do with Downing's daughter. They considered taking her with them to New York. But again, the baby would not stop crying. Mm -hmm. Like, there was literally no soothing her at all mm -hmm. she's would not calm yeah. down for these two human beings they couldn't console her they thought of leaving her in an orphanage but decided that would raise a lot of suspicions uh -huh. finally fernandez told beck to kill the child martha brought Raynell to the basement filled a metal tub with water and held the two-year-old child oh underwater until she no longer moved raymond dug a second grave and buried Raynell next to her mother the same day Two concerned neighbors rang the door. Fernandez and Beck talked to them and then decided to go check out a movie. What? Yep, they're just like, well. Need a, it's been really stressful. It's been a very stressful few days. Let's Gotta, go to the movie. Yeah, we deserve that. Well, the neighbors didn't have a good feeling about this. Good. Thank God. On I love good people. I yeah. love good people who have hunches and they follow the hunches. They didn't have a good feeling and they decided to call the police. And when the killers returned to the home, they found several officers with a search warrant. On February 28, 1949, after finding the wet cement covering two graves in the basement, the Lonely Hearts killers were finally arrested. Wow. Yeah. 
insane. And again, good neighbors, right? And so many of these stories, when people see things and they don't say things, right. it's, it's it's why things happen for, I feel we covered so many murders where it's like either people were caught because of smart neighbors mm-hmm. or they weren't caught because people didn't say things. Right, right. And if you right, see right. something, the MTI says it, you, you gotta say something. say something. You see something, say something. Fernandez and Beck would make full confessions that differed in some details, but sure. for the most part confessed to many of the dastardly deeds that they would do over the course of those few years. Some reports say they confessed with an air of pride. Mm-hmm. Others say they confessed knowing they had no choice. The buried bodies were exhumed and the Spanish police were alerted to open the 1947 case as a murder. This is the Thompson murder uh, right. back uh, in Spain after you know she met his wife and kids. <laughs> Within their 73-page confession, Fernandez confessed to 17 murders all over the country. Wow. Within it, they admitted to killing Janet Fay in New York, and this led police to investigate her disappearance and actually find her body, which, well, good for the family, yeah. good for, like, you know. It's thought that because Michigan had abolished the death penalty in the 19th century, that Fernandez thought that they would be fine. Perhaps Mm -hmm. jail time, but no death. They'd be cool. However, the governor of New York demanded the killers to be extradited to New York, where they had the death penalty. The state of Michigan, Michigan, of course, complied, Mm -hmm. and the two were sent to New York where they each faced one charge of first-degree murder for the death of Janet Faye. That was the key mistake in their confession. Right. Had they not confessed to that murder, had they just confessed to the singular murder in Michigan, they would have been tried and probably found guilty and faced imprisonment, probably life in prison. Yeah. But because they said the Janet Faye case. They could be extradited. They could be killed. Because it's a murder in another. It was, it's an earlier murder mm-hmm. in a different state. And so the State Department can ask for mm-hmm. uh, transfer. And Michigan was happy to give it to them. On March 8th, 1949, Michigan prosecutors agreed on the extradite on the extradition and Raymond Fernandez and Martha Beck were sent to New York for trial. From June 28th to August 18th, 1949, the two were put on trial and where it seemed that the case would be a simple one, but the two recanted their confessions and claimed temporary insanity. Hmm. Fernandez claimed that he was coerced into confessing by Michigan police and only did so to protect Martha. He also claimed he was told if he confessed, he would only get six years on parole. But prosecutors and the jury, of course, did not give a shit and mm-hmm. didn't buy it. Yeah. On August 19th, 1949, the two were found guilty. Several days later, they were sentenced to death via the electric chair and sent to the infamous Sing Sing prison in Osining, New York, until the time of execution. Wow. It's, it's, it's just the, the fact that they thought... I don't know what angers me more about like that whole like confession thing. That's like, they're like, if we confess, there's no doubt that we'll be, that we're guilty. They Mm -hmm. found the bodies. Right. But best case scenario, we'll be fine. Right. And we'll be just in. Right. It's like they forgot that they were in New York for. And that, yeah. And that, and that you can get sent back to New Mm -hmm. York. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, not even thinking about the fact that like they committed perhaps, you know, murder in Spain that they were looking for. Right. There's that too. For the next two years, the couple sat on death row, alternating between sending each other hate and love letters. <laughs> it's unknown whether Martha knew until his final day, but 
All the while, Raymond was still sending letters and receiving letters from other women, including his wife, Encarnacion. Are you kidding me? Yeah. While in jail, Fernandez told the doctor that he had a sincere affection and a great consideration for Beck, but he was unsure of loving her. The doctors told Beck that Fernandez never loved her and that he was infected with syphilis, which crushed Beck. However, two hours before the execution, on March 8th, 1951, Fernandez sent a message to Beck, which read the following, quote, I would like to yell to the world the love I feel for you, end quote. Beck would tell a nurse that she was happy to die, knowing that Fernandez loved her. While in custody, Beck also exhorted police to clamp down on the Lonely Hearts Club, claiming that they were all frauds. Coincidentally or not, Mother Dinanese Friendly Club was closed under charges of fraud, hmm. but it reopened immediately with a different name and the same fee of $5 to be a part of it. But though it wasn't the, the end of the Lonely Hearts Clubs fully, it was the end of the Lonely Hearts Killers. The case of Fernandez and Beck inspired several movies. Um, they were The Honeymoon Killers, 1970, mm-hmm. Deep Crimson in 1996, Lonely Hearts in 2006, and Alleluia in 2014. Wow. And those are the Lonely Heart that Killers. That is wild. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible, I mean, it's, it's a terrible, terrible, terrible tale. I'm, I'm gobsmacked. Yeah, I mean, I just think that... Um, a terrible tale to awful human beings. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Wow. Yowza. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the killing of the baby is what, like, really. Yeah. I know no murder is good murder, no. obviously. But, sure. like, the, the killing of the baby was really tough. It was really tough to, like, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, God, I forgot, like, the baby is going to die soon. Gosh. I don't want to talk about those. But, you know. But wow. that was that. Well, thank you for that ludicrous story, Adam. Yeah. And, you know, oddly enough, stuff like this still happens today. I mean, people, like you had mentioned the- The, the Tinder swindler. The Tinder swindler, right? Mine's but, the murder, but- You know, stuff like that happens all around where people are using app dating and, and using the guise of love and mm-hmm. using loneliness and losing all these things to con people. I mean, there's cases like this all over, all over the country, all over the world every day where people are like- you know, preying on elderly people. Yeah. People are, are are people. You know, with with resources, but no one to share them with. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a cautionary tale that you know this is the extreme example of the bad that can happen. Yeah. You know, with it, but like you know, there's also plenty of examples of people just losing money out of this whole thing, losing savings, losing their homes, yeah. um, and losing loved ones. So be wow. vigilant because it's not. There's one of those cases where it's like I don't know. This is not so. Yeah far-fetched that this was the 19 you know 40s yeah but it could it could be well right today. no it still goes on yeah uh but that that oh. is that is that wild i know i know wild. so um if you have any as always if you have any thoughts about you know today's case and the cases that we talk about you know what to do you head on over to our social media at ny mystery machine on instagram and facebook at ny mysteries on the twitter 
and you can write to us there if you have any theories about any episodes we talk about ideas theories thoughts feelings doesn't matter whatever you want to share with yeah, us we'll we take love it. we love reading and hearing from you all you can send us long form stuff uh, at nymysterymachine at gmail.com and of course if you like the show if you like what you hear the best way to support the show is heading over to Apple Podcast giving us five stars giving us a review tell us what you love about the show tell us what you want to hear more of and uh, we read those online uh, we, we read those we read those on air and uh, we, we love doing that and um, if you listen to us on Spotify head on over and give us five stars there if you listen to us on Audible you can give us five stars in a bunch of categories and also write your thoughts on the show as well um, it's incredibly uh, important to us that when we hear from you we, we, we love those moments uh, I said a couple weeks ago we heard from, from one of you in terms of a case that we, we talked about in season one uh, all to do with the the mystery on 9-11 so any theories about any episodes you know what to do you head over to our socials or to our email and drop us a message and of course you know I know we said the bunch I know there was an ad in the middle of the show about it I know we started talking about it in the middle of the show but we, we, we can't show our appreciation more to our patrons yeah. who really helped us out and you know helped us you know continue the show when we say that you help continue the show we, we really do and this is a literal way so if you really want to uh, do what these amazing humans are doing and help the show continue and help us improve our equipment which is you know slowly breaking down as we saw <laughs> um, head on over to patreon.com slash anyway mystery machine as little as three dollars a month actually goes a long way we really appreciate it um and we'll, we'll go out of the way to, to thank you as much as we can and uh we're back next week with an all-new episode and uh really crushing through this second season really exciting stuff Crazy. all right i've been adam ace christina Marley. and thanks for taking a ride on the new york mystery machine time to haul but for ghosts <laughs>